You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thank you for downloading episode 27 of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Part two is Heads Up, which... It's going to be quite difficult after that. That was quite a... Um, it's quite taxing. I was taxing picking our lion's side. So, a bit sleepy. Yeah, if you're listening to this part first, which you shouldn't be because it's part two, but part one is dedicated to picking the our version of the the forwards that we would take to New Zealand. So do have a listen to that if you, um, uh, if you have time. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. That was really brilliant. Take that out of me. Yeah. of episode 27 of the Attacking Scrum podcast. This is Heads Up, so it's a little review of the the week's news from within Welsh rugby. And we'll be coming on to those things in uh, in just a moment. Dan is with me, as always. How are you, Dan? Pretty good. Had a, uh, an eventful trip up. Oh, yeah. Um, the excuses yeah. seem to get better every week with you because, you know, it seems to be getting later and later. No, I couldn't I couldn't make this one up. So um, <laughs> we, we pull up into Victoria... And um, uh, a lady sort of um, stumbles over wearing sort of an oversized jacket and sit, <laughs> sits, sits down in front of me yeah. and just sort of stares at me. And uh, I sort of look back at her and she says, uh, can you help me? Right. I said, uh, well, she, was, she was struggling as to which back row she was going to take on the line. <laughs> I said, oh, you can help me. <laughs> but I, I said, yeah, I can, I can help you. What, what, what do you want me to do? She said, um, I can't see very well. Right. Um, and I need to get to um, Costa Costa Coffee. So yeah. I said, I've got no idea where that is, but yeah, we'll you know I'll give you a hand. So up, up I get, and uh, a few other people are looking around as well, thinking this is a bit odd. Um, so I help her down from the, from from the uh, from the platform. It's a bit mm. of a step, but she seems to be navigating it pretty well, probably better than I did. Um, we're walking along then. The conversation is appallingly bad. Right, it's going it's going nowhere fast. And she um, she has. I just, I just love the thought of you going. Like, oh yeah, you um, caught up caught up with the team. What's going on at Bedwas? Like, 
Slice him and The Ospreys were poor on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. What terrible. happened to Cardiff? Yeah, um, yeah so uh, she hands me this, uh, this folder, rather tatty-looking folder, mm. and I said, what's this? She said, have a look inside. I didn't know, I didn't know what was going to be in there, so I opened it up, and there, uh, there was a little list with five names on there yeah. with a pound next to it, um, and then numbers next to it, and with writing at the top saying that I'm collecting money from my mobile phone fund. And she'd collected five pounds. She collected so five pounds. Yeah. Um, did I want to? Did I want to donate some money towards oh, the phone fund? Good luck with that. Um, yeah, I said, I said I haven't got any money on me. I'm afraid, but I can help you get to Costa. She didn't seem too interested uh, in in my offering then of getting to Costa, but we did walk there. I I, I dropped her off, um, and it was, she was almost walking. They were like flippers, the, mm. the shoes she had on, probably a size six feet in in size twelves. These big sort of black. Um, plastic shoes were flapping around and I sort of waved it off and uh, that was the end of our little relationship there you go well, she, she's only raised £5 so far then. she's got £5 hell, you're, you've, you've, got, you've picked 10 quid up off me in the, the hour that we've I, been on air I know, tonight I so, um, well, she, she might be waiting back over there that's me, it then. yeah yeah she'll but, be um, yeah. who'd you, who'd you go keep, for in the second row in the end I, <laughs> I, always get, I always get approached by these strange characters over there anyway yeah she was a bit of M4 and that's why I'm slightly behind time. All right, fair enough. You mentioned the Ospreys' pretty dismal uh, performance in Europe. Uh, as for starting point, really, it's kind of a, both the Ospreys and the Blues crash out of Europe. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so disappointing, isn't it? Mm. Again, you know, and the it should, should have been should have been two wins, shouldn't it? Really, you know. Well, the Ospreys should should the Ospreys should certainly have won. Should definitely have won. And the Blues, you know, they were you're on top when they for 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, the bench has been. Yeah, you know, the bench has been blamed, made some peculiar, um, some peculiar substitutions, but the, the defence wasn't up to it, was it? No, it hasn't. And uh, yeah, the bench is is an interesting one. And earlier on, I caught up with um, I caught up with a mighty Murph to have a, a little chat through what he made of the the Welsh side's exit from Europe, and uh, here's what he had to say. Testing, testing, one, two. Definitely recording this week, Murph. <laughs> Good. I, that was that was a really lame clap, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the listeners won't be able to hear the clap because I'll have edited that, that out. But, okay. Um, that, you're, giving well, away, you're giving away my secrets. They'll have to here, take it from me then. <laughs> you're, you're giving away my secrets that uh, that a bit of a clap is the way to um, the way for me to find uh, the part of this conversation. <laughs> but how are you? Good. Yeah, very well. Um, well, I mean, I'll be honest, uh, rugby-wise, I'm as down as I was after the Scotland game. Yeah. Because uh, the... Uh, I, I mean, you half, half expected the Blues not to, not to, you know, set the world alight in Gloucester, but they were in front with 40, 50 minutes on the clock, 26-20 up, Yeah. and then they conceded 26 points in the last half an hour. Um, but like I say, I, you know, I didn't think they'd hold on to win, but I didn't think... Things would go that bad. Yeah, it was an absolute capitulation, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I I was sleeping on the job a little bit because if I realised they had two 19-year-old or 20-year-old t- yeah. uh, props on the bench, they're not going to figure well against Gloucester. They've got a big pack, and I probably should have been around the bookies to make sure. In fact, there would have been good odds at half-time yeah, you're right. uh, on Gloucester So um, in running. But, uh, yeah, and... Um, uh, the irony, of course, is Cuthy was having a blinder. <laughs> he was, yeah. I mean, I tell you what, if we we'll come back to the uh, to the props in a minute, but that's mm. definitely a strong point. Was that is the best game I've seen Cuthbert have for a very long time? He looked he looked yeah. hungry for the ball. He was smashing through people, and he, he bagged himself two tries. 
Yeah, I mean, the first try was really aggressive. And the second one was a classic uh, getting on the end of a move kind of a uh, cuspid effort. But um, uh, I, I wondered afterwards if it, uh, it didn't dawn on me at the time, but I wondered afterwards if he was playing against his hometown club. Maybe. <laughs> Inspired yeah, him. I think I think generally he's he has the last couple of games he's he's picked up and mm. it's what we've been calling for for a while is just getting get himself a run in the in the blue side and That's right. and rediscover yeah. that form. So I you know exactly and and don't pick him for the Welsh squad until he's having good form at the Blues because exactly. he, because he has he hasn't had good form for the Blues for Yonks. Yeah, so you know, but it's uh, it's good to see. But I mean, that really was the was the only positive because his uh, his. Fellow back three compatriot Matthew Morgan, my my favourite, an absolute <laughs> stinker. Yeah, well, it was just it was all in one one piece of play. He had a good first half, and then he made a loose. Uh, they were still on top. He had the pressure on Glosser. Made a loose kick in towards the corner. It ended up being nowhere near the corner. And then on the uh, chase back, the ball got kicked over. He's chasing the ball back. He tried to run it out. Mm. Accord in possession, and it was a big. Um, uh, big scrum for Gloucester, and I think they scored off it yeah, from memory. Yeah, crossfield kick. Yeah. crossfield kick from... Uh, of course it was, yeah. And then, of course, he stranded, him, <laughs> he stranded himself on the corner flag. Yeah, um, exactly. During the, I mean, he was never going to get up above the guy. But, um, yeah, and uh, I mean, they they couldn't wait to get him off after that, mm. <laughs> from what I could tell, the coaching staff. So, I mean, you can't put the blame at the feet of just one player by any means, but it kind of was a... Uh, a trigger point for the whole team. To, I mean, Ray Lilo was defending late on. He's going for all, all sorts of dummies, anything mm-hmm. other than where the player was going, kind of thing. And uh, you know, the, what, when I come away, I, I, like I said, I watched it over the pub, and um, when I came away in a bit of a strop, it dawned on me that all the foreign, all the Kiwis that go on the side, they're underperforming. Mm. Like Will, Willis Halaholo. Uh, did I get his name right? You did, yeah. He, uh, he, um, he uh, was a bit of a star for the Hurricanes, I believe. Yeah. And he, he looks like a ham-fisted oaf when he plays for Cardiff. Do you think? I mean, yeah, I've heard I've heard mixed reports. I think he's you know he's had some good games and some bad games, but it's just him and Nick Williams just, just seem prone yeah. to a knock on any time for no under no pressure. You know, it's a weird thing. They yeah. should they should be if they're imports, they're imported for a reason. Like I say. Uh, uh, as an example, as Avrush or whatever, and they should be setting the standard. And if they're, they're doing anything but at the moment, which is a problem, I think, at the Blues. Yeah, I mean, is this um, is this half the problem though? Kind of recruitment because a lot's been made about about funding this weekend and just the strength of Gloucester's debt. You know, the strength and depth off Gloucester's bench is, is what won the game. Is mm. it as straightforward as that, or could the Blues have recruited better in the first place with the budget they have got? Um, no, because you. you when you're, you're working off a small budget, I think you, you're picking up the stuff that France doesn't want, basically. Mm. Um, and maybe they, I mean, I think the recruits they've made now under Danny Wilson, um, front five recruits is, is all they should pay for. But there's, there's a theory or a, or a process to go through in the Premiership where they, Spend all their money on their front five, tie five, or forwards in general. Yeah. And if they've got to put an academy boy on the wing, so be it. Because if you haven't got a competitive front five, you can't win games. Yeah. And so that that, that to me is the word, the model that all the um, regions should should uh, follow: is uh, 
get, get a competitive front five, otherwise you can't compete in Europe. Well, you're at least, you're at least if, in the game, aren't you, if you've got a competitive front well, five? Well, that's it, you can win a game 7-6 then. Yeah. But if you haven't got one, you can't, you can't grind out a victory ever. You've got to be cavalier all the time and, and it puts pressure on everyone, I think. And so I, I, you know, the, the second rows that, um, have signed for next year mm. and, uh, someone else that I forget now the Blues, that's the way I, I, I would go with the uh, recruitment of that club. So Fair enough. Moving on mm. then to Sunday. This was, yeah. the re- this was the real disappointment for me. I, yeah. I didn't think the Ospreys fired at all and if you can't put away a 14-man side, then I think you, you're in a, a fair bit of trouble. Yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for the Ospreys because right from the off, they, they've lost home advantage yeah. because of the fixture pile-up. Um, and then the obviously Alamin Jones and Bradley Davis. Bradley Davis is brought in because the feeling, I think, in the club was that their second rows outside of Alamin Jones are all quite lightweight, mm-hmm. you know, like, they're promising, but someone like uh, Rory Thornton is, I mean, he's still a beanpole, he's a massive yeah, he bloke, is. but you can see there's lots of flesh, lots of flesh to be put on those bones, you know. And that's why Bradley, Bradley Davis and, uh, is there, and also I think Dimitri Arhep has been a loss in recent weeks. Yeah. So, um, and then the game itself, <laughs> just, I mean, there should have been a red card for the stamping incident, even though I would have yellowed, I would have yellowed Keelan Giles and red carded the, yeah. the other guy. I think that's a fair shout. Again, I don't, um, I don't know exactly what the officiating line is on it, but that seems like common sense to me. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't have been held on to him, but at the same time, you can't just lash out with your foot. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, yeah, said, that said, man. though, I just thought that, you know, if you can't put if you can't put a fourteen man side away, and we all know no. the French are kind of erratic travellers at best. So even though it wasn't even though it wasn't at the Liberty and it was a dodgy kick off time and there was some crap refereeing, the Ospreys are a big enough side yeah, mentally. Yeah, sure. Oh I thought they'd win. To, to, I thought get, they'd win to get through that. And, I, was, and I'm um, sure I'm sure you I'm sure your pal Griff wouldn't have gone easy on them and used any of those excuses in training this week. Well, I'm scared to, I'm scared to text him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause he, uh, <laughs> he would have been livid after Treviso away. And, uh, well, both of them and Steve Tandy. And then, um, that game was killed their season really. They're all, they're just playing for league points now. And if they don't get a home, uh, semi-final, you can't really see them doing anything there either. No. And I think so, that's, that's the big point now is they have to, they have to sharpen up. There are two very poor results. And they've got to finish the season strongly because otherwise it's going to be yeah, a campaign to forget given how well they've played for the vast majority of it. Exactly. And the, and the thing is they need to do it without Alan Wynn. Mm. So um, they've got a lot of work to do, I think. Yeah, I agree. How do you, uh, how do you see that one uh, panning out to finish on then, Murph? The Ospreys? Yeah. Well, um, I, 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 did, and I thought that um, Sam Davis was going to get more games at 10 yeah. in the run-in. Uh, but he ended up a fullback, and I can't. I don't think he had a particularly good game if, from memory. No, I don't he know. Didn't really. So I, I, you know, I didn't danger there of turning into him of the James Hook yeah. problem, where he's so versatile. He plays in all these different positions and ends up a master of none of them, kind of yeah, thing. So exactly. uh, I'd like to see him get some running run outs at ten for the rest of the season, and uh, whether that means I don't know whether that means Stambi goes dropped or whatever. I don't know, but. Um, all right, I think they got. I got. I think they got some tough fixtures to finish as well. Yeah, they have. And uh, finally, then be wrong to not get a, uh, a tip for the national. Anyone you fancy on Saturday? No, uh, I. It's not a, no, it's, it's not a race I've ever 
that I'm interested in because if in the old days in particular anyone could win. Yeah. So there's no the form. I mean, form was almost not a not an issue in the in the. It was just like a, get your get your your misses or your nipper to stick a pin in the paper kind of thing. Um, it's, it follows form more now than in recent years because it yeah. made the fences easier and the handicapping works better and different things. But uh, I, I must. It's a great festival, I think, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The, it is, uh, yeah. So, so um, uh, there's a lot of high-level Grade One racing tomorrow. So I'll some, be watching there's that. There's some cracking horses out, and uh, yeah, I'll. Um, I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be glued to that in between work. Mm. <laughs> yeah, my my favourite thing is to um, lay horses that have done really well at Cheltenham. Mm. Normally, normally turn up and run absolute garbage at uh, Aintree. So that I would normally lay any strongly fancied horse from Cheltenham at Aintree. The English Reaver was the most famous one. He used to yeah. uh, romp home at uh, Cheltenham and then couldn't go the gallop. Usually, just a very galloping track at Aintree. Uh, three weeks later. Right, sound, uh, sound advice, I reckon. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> uh, without, without getting too much detail into horse racing, I think there's some, uh, there's some interesting stuff ahead. But uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you. Uh, we'll catch up with you again next week, Murph. That's the take of the mighty Murph, uh, Dan. What do you? Interesting point there about recruitment and how teams in the Premiership start with the front five, and if you have to make sacrifices elsewhere, you will do so. Because that's that is what keeps you in games. What do you make of that as an assessment from Murph? Yeah, it's a really it's a really good point, interesting point from uh, from from Murph there. The only one of the big problems with that is that you you would literally have to buy in, wouldn't you, a front row that's got experience. It's not going to be cheap, mm. um, and it would rule out the development of a lot of the younger Welsh props mm. now. We, 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 it's one of our weaker areas, isn't it? Or we're particularly poor in the front row. So the only way I could see that working was if the Premiership was super strong. And as we've spoken about last week, it's it's yeah. the forgotten it's the forgotten tournament, isn't it? The forgotten league. Um, so if we strengthen up that, and then it's a it's a platform to feed through, then yeah, that would that would that would work well. I suppose as a counter to that, you know, we're saying yeah, okay, you you will bring in a a tight five with experience or certainly strengthen a, your, your tight five you're always going to need players though I mean you know you look at Roy Thornton's getting loads of game time down at the Ospreys you know it's, it's not as if the door will always be will always be shut you're going to be needed at certain points throughout the season it just means that in a big game like the Blues had they don't have to rely on two really inexperienced academy props coming off the bench then yeah I know it's I mean, with what was the, the one, one chap was nineteen, wasn't he? Mm. Did you see uh, the Gloucester prop as well when he when he when he pulled him apart and that that first scrum just whispering in his ear, yeah. wasn't he? Probably saying that's coming. That's we're gonna have that all day long. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just quite enjoyed seeing seeing see a young fresh faced you know gingerhead boy out there um, <laughs> having a, have, having a go. But where he should really, I suppose, be be learning his trade, isn't it? Is in the, is in a, a really strong Premiership uh, competition and then and then stepping up. Yeah, but, I think you're right. Um, we to get to get the good props, you're gonna have to pay money, aren't you? And yeah. we we don't have enough to go around. Do we? I, don't, so I, don't, be... I don't just think it's props either. I think the Blues have really been lacking in the second row. Yeah, well, with the, the you the, know, it's um... the two signings now they've made, haven't they? Um, old, proper old heads. Uh, was it Welsh and um, uh, was it Van der Merv? Yes, come, come, coming in. Van der Merv, yeah. He's 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 a good boy, isn't he? 
and uh, is it Damien um, Damien Welsh Damien Welsh yeah, he's he's a good athlete and he's coming to the end of his uh, coming to the end of his time of yeah. bit. but they're going to be denying some of the it's definitely what, it's definitely what they need though I mean you look yeah, at do. you look at what the Blues it, yeah. have been picking all year and you've had Turnbull doing a shift in there you know Jared Hayata is apparently an all black how is he an all black I don't know it's, it, the mind boggles on that one doesn't it but yeah certainly some recruitment dilemmas for the Blues ahead of next season it's a good point it's a very good point for you know when you look at Europe isn't it um, and playing against you know playing against the stronger teams you, if, if you don't have a strong a strong type uh, from five you, you, you can't you can't really build yeah. you can't build anything can you can't build momentum build pressure and um, how many times do our guy we just keep on failing don't we in these in these tournaments it's true and it's yeah it's really uh, not a not an enjoyable sight watching the quarterfinals of, of even second tier be the last uh, the last involvement of any uh, of any of the Welsh sides right let's have a look I suppose Pro 12 is the only place to look now because there's, that's the only you know, that's the, the only climax of the season now is, is the Pro 12 team luckily there's the Ospreys and Scarlet still in with a good shout we'll come on to those two teams in a minute we'll start though with a game on Friday night which is Ulster at home to the Blues Tough, toughy. I can't. I cannot see the Blues getting a uh, getting a win there. I guess also think Ulster are, uh, are going to be in that top three. Mm. Um, come the end there, so I think it'll be uh, Leinster, Leinster, Munster, Ulster, and then it, and then it'll be um, it'd be a battle between um, a battle between. The Ospreys and the Scars. So you think one of those one of those is going to miss out? Yeah, I do now. Yeah, just with the run with the run of games they've got, there it's not a bad path. Yeah, I it's mean, it's not it, a bad path at all for them. It is. I you know, I think the Ospreys have probably got the harder of the the two run-ins. Yeah, you know, the Scarlets have got arguably some some easier fixtures in there, but both the Welsh sides could use the Blues doing them a favour, really. They could do. Yeah, what turn around that would be you know, for the Ospreys miss out and Scarlets come, you know. Scarlets take that fourth, uh, yeah. that fourth spot. It's looking likely, though, isn't it? It is. I, I do think the Blues have improved in recent weeks, though. They look a, they look a better side when it's dry. They too, and they're, able, and they're able to run it. Yeah, they look, they look pretty dangerous, don't they? But again, you know, Ulster aren't a side you're particularly going to want to get into a, a running game of rugby with because they've got some absolutely killer backs. Yeah, um, they have, and they got a, they got a fair. Fair bit of coin as well, haven't they? So yeah, the squad is. And it's uh, usually it's usually a, a packed house at Ravenhill. It is, yeah. They'll be vying for blood, but they've, you know, looking at looking at Ulster, they were like uh, they're like the Ospreys, weren't they? the Galactico sort of era. They've they got a huge, loads of loads of money, and mm. they've un, they've underperformed, haven't they? Do you really, think? Ulster. Well, they, they haven't, you know, they've underperformed compared to compared to Munster and Leinster, haven't they? Who've had to sort of rebuild internally. The thing, um, the thing that's really impressed me with Munster and Leinster is. Look at this Munster side now. Yeah. It's not one... And, and the Leinster side. There have been more star-studded sides in the past from Leinster that, that haven't looked as good as this one. Yeah. And Munster, likewise. It's been the, the generation of of players coming through that I've been really impressed with. How good Ringrose was. I know. At he the just, weekend. He was he was sensational, wasn't he? That, that beautifully balanced run, you know, beautifully balanced runs, um, stepping off both feet... You know, when someone's able to sort of run at pace, like keep up that pace and change mm. direction, it's a really difficult skill, isn't it, to yeah. do? And he's got that. They, it, they've obviously got great 
they've got good coaches there in both sides. They've been able to rebuild. When you look at the Blues, who have, who are still trying to rebuild, how, mm. how long is this going to go on for? I mean, we're talking years and years and years. Yeah. But Leinster have rebuilt and are building really well. Munster have completely turned it around. And, you know, they've got some big players that have stepped up and binded the whole team together. A lot has been and, made about funding this week and the amount of money it takes to to build a good to build a good side. I wouldn't disagree with that. I would say that Leinster and Munster have shown how to do it though. Yeah, and that yeah. is you know, the investment in, in coaching from grassroots up has been impeccable and they're out there finding these players and they're putting them through the system. And players want you know, young young aspiring players will want to go and play at a packed RDS or a packed home and because of the success they've seen they've seen over over the recent years and I, I'm really impressed with both those sides yeah and, and as you know I'm not the biggest the biggest no, fan no, of Irish yeah. rugby difficult to get you to say um, positive about them but. it is but I will without doubt be cheering on the the Irish sides in the latter stages of Europe I would much rather see them win than, than an English or French side do you think a lot of it's to do with their their foundations then than being that much stronger uh, from bottom to top and yep. then obviously well and obviously then top to bottom I do I also think that you know, obviously we're going off on quite a tangent here um, but but it's needed isn't it because we're, it's bitterly disappointing that we haven't got we haven't got how can we not have how can we have both teams exiting um, well the, the pathway is really clear and I, actually I, you know, I hate that word because it's it tends to stir up a lot of opinions but the pathway is really clear in Ireland of the club you play for and it leading towards that province of it being a higher level of rugby and the top level of club rugby and it just does not feel like that in in Wales rightly or wrongly whether it should be that system or not it just does not feel as though there is that that clear link you know you don't look at it and go okay cool I'm playing for ours is not joined up is it it's not there is there is gaps and when you have those gaps we have issues, don't we? We do. Um, again, we'll. Um, better way, yeah, we've gone off. We, we better have to bring it back to the to the previous stuff. So, Ulster Blues, you're going for an Ulster win? Ulster win, yeah. You? I am, but I, I have a feeling there's going to be a response from the Blues. I think they'll give it a good crack. I could see it similar again, a, a really good 50 minutes. I don't think they'll capitulate like they did at the weekend, but I think they may struggle to. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they won't win that game, I don't think, but I think they'll put up a much better performance across 80 than they did this week. Hopefully they can make some uh, some better substitutions as well, because they made some odd ones, didn't they? I mean, taking taking Lloyd off when he was he was having a top top game. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's not unusual to to bring off your scrum half. You expect, and Thomas Williams is in good form. Yeah, he has been. In I good mean, form. he came on and had a stinker. Actually, he was charged down about three times in the first yeah. in the first three minutes. He was on the pitch. But um, I just thought you banging the Cowbridge drum again, though, isn't it? The tempo. No, he was. He was. He played really well, though, didn't he? His, his, his delivery was super. Yeah, I thought super he was, quick. I, I know, thought he um, played a lot better than than he has done all season. Greenwood really. was harping on about him, isn't he? Yeah. It's a non-stop chat um, on on Sky. I yeah. wish I wish he would he would not talk so much. Yeah, I so, know a lot of people say that. Yeah. Right, moving on. Zebra versus dragons, the big one. That is a big game. <laughs> it's a big game because the dra- the dragons have got to get a win. Are you going to say? You're going to say? Why do they? Well, yeah. Well, we, they could end up. They could end up bottom of the league. Does it matter now? Yeah, they can't end up bottom bottom of the league. Um, I don't know. It, it kind of justifies then the the take the, the proposed takeover. I suppose. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think we'll lose that. I think we'll win. I think we we showed enough um, the previous week. 
I mean, Zebra are absolute garbage. They're not a great side. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I'll be so gutted yeah. if we lose that. because Dra- Your boy, yeah, Dragons should, should win that. I think we'll win that again. Um, it's going to be thoroughly unconvincing, play, I think. Players will want to be, will want to be, want to show what they've got as well, because they'll be playing for, be playing for contracts, mm. won't they? Sure I think Hal might be back too. Oh, that'd be, that'd be, a, be a, a, a real make, boost. It'd make a real impact, wouldn't it? It would. So, yeah, I, mean, I am going to go for a Dragons win there. Right, and now onto the, the two sides vying for some honours at the end of the season. Ospreys at home to Leinster. That is now, not an easy game to bounce is, back. This is a huge one, isn't it? Yeah. The Ospreys have got to get a win. And against Leinster. I, sadly, I can, see a, I can see an Ospreys loss there. Can you? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, the wind's come out of them. And um, I'm, I'm wondering whether they can bounce back from this. Selection-wise, we spoke a lot during our Six Nations podcast about the merits of Bigger over Davis and how we'd adopt a kind of horses-for-courses mould of when you want to play a really open game, you have Sam Davis at yeah. 10, and when you want to get into an arm wrestle, you have Dan Bigger there. If you're Steve Tandy, who are you picking on at 10 on Saturday night? Dan Bigger. Saturday afternoon, sorry, Dan Bigger. Dan Bigger, yeah. You? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's probably, with the the backs injuries he's got, he's probably going to need, he's probably going to need Sam Davis to fill in a fullback again, but I'm really not convinced of him as a fullback. He's not a full, he's not a fullback, is he? Um, Yeah, Bigger, Bigger a 10, just controlling it, bossing it, and... um, you hope it's not going to be a long afternoon for Sam Davis at fullback, do you? Yeah, you do. I, I do think that's a really tough game. I think the Ospreys, if they're going to finish in the top four, I think this is the kind of game they're going to win. They're going to have to win. Uh, yeah, if, they, if, if, if this is a loss, I, I, the Ospreys, um, I, don't, I don't think they'll finish in the top four. You think they'll start to move out? Yeah, yeah. Um, Scarlets, they have a much easier tie. They're at home to Treviso. Scarlets win there. Um, BP too? Yeah. Yeah, both win. Yeah, they do. Um can imagine that being you know a good number of tries for Scarlets and uh, Treviso will probably nip in with a few just because it'll be quite loose. Mm. Um, but I don't think uh, they'll pose they'll pose many, many problems there. Same old cliches again. Go out, win the game first, then look for a bonus point. Or do you start throwing it around to start? No, I see him away first. You know, see him away in in, in the sort of first thirty, and then uh, <clears throat> it'll probably loosen up, become a bit of a. Probably not, not not the greatest of games. Yeah, but we might see a couple of. Well, I'd, I'd like to think so. Ratings. I think if the weather if the weather stays good, it'd be great to see the Scarlets yeah. throwing it around like we know they can. Um, well, we it, was have... good, it was good to see Patchell back the other week. Him and yeah. Parks looked really well together, interchanging it's at nice, ten twelve. Nice combo. Parks going to qualify for Wales? Oh, don't get you on there. No, I, just, don't... I just think you know, if you were to honestly ask him if he wanted to play for Wales or New Zealand. He'd say New Zealand. He's learning Welsh now, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. No, no, I made that up. But um, yeah, no, I thought I'd throw that in there. But, yeah, uh, I, I um, don't know. I mean, bloody hell, he could do a job. I love watching him. He's such a lovely player. player lovely player. Patchell, gra- um, f- firm ground weather's been good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Back in Wales. Um, yeah, exciting. Should see some good run-ins there. Yeah, guarantee it'll be a downpour now, won't it? <laughs> it'll be a downpour on Saturday night. Patchell to score. Oh, you, if, if if Patchell plays, you would not he, look past he's it. He's got to score, isn't he? And do you want to have a little you talk about for this? Day? Yeah, all right, I'll do that. Um, and if you're looking at sides who have recruited well in the tight five, 
Scarlets, that's one area they've bolstered massively. I think that's been the key to them being competitive, hasn't it? You know, <laughs> really turned um, the boy burn in the second row we've mentioned before. Obviously, Jake Ball was a few years ago, but that's that's definitely helped the kind of um, season he's had for club anyway. Yeah, enjoy watching uh, Tag Burn. Yeah, he's uh, he won't be uh, he won't be there for much longer. I don't think, really. No, I am fairly certain he will be back over. They will be the. the Irish provinces will be calling, but yeah, he's been a really fan's favourite, isn't he? He is, yeah. So, just to recap, then we, I think we're pretty unanimous on this, aren't we? Well, so yeah, we're going Ulster to win. Ulster to win, yeah. But you're expecting a, a good, I'm going losing good bonus point from the Blues. Yeah, good shout. Um, I'm going Dragons to win with no bonus point. Yeah. I'm going. I, I can't see Osprey's breaking this form at the moment no, the Treviso loss was yeah. really bad I hope I'm wrong and I hope they bounce back but I'm going losing bonus point Ospreys I'm, I'm with you sadly and uh, all points to Scarlets yeah yeah definitely alright cool Right. what else has been going on the pitch saga at Sardis Road continues God, those burns were, uh, were nasty weren't they yeah they really were I mean it's it's very very strange because this is the first kind of time I've seen anything Quite like this, yeah. I saw, I saw someone had popped uh, something up on one of the social media platforms about how the they, they need to make sure that the the sort of particles or whatever mm. they call it, the, the the pitch is um, regularly moistened. Water, or yeah, is is it's got a lot of water on it or is regularly watered. Yeah, God, I, who knows whether whether that's been whether that's been missed or what? I yeah, and I think the, the investigation is continuing. So. It was supposed to be an under-18s international series played there, which has been moved um, to Tafswell and BT Sport Cardiff Arms Park, as no one calls it. Um, but yeah, I th- you know, I think that's it's not a great it's not a great situation for Ponzi. I'm sure they want to get that rectified pretty quickly. And as you say, they've come in for quite a lot of stick for that. Yeah, hopefully it gets sorted pretty pretty sharpish because um, those pitches aren't cheap, are they? So no, they're not. And the, Ponzi could do without that. They could, and, and obviously the, the player welfare thing is is paramount because you don't want players leaving the pitch looking like looking like that on the on account of the the facilities. Now one chap that had sort of like a T yeah. shape on his head, wasn't it? Across his forehead and then down his nose. Um, I guess with that with that many burns, it can't just be a coincidence, can it? That it was yeah. a freak, you know, a freakish sort of uh, you know one off. Well, you hope it, you hope it is, or, or, and you hope they just get yeah. to the bottom. They get yeah. to the bottom of it sooner rather than later, because obviously it's um, we spend a lot of time in here talking about pitches. Mm. You know, whether it's the the um, the Gobi Desert that the Dragons play on most weeks, or it's uh, or it's a pitch like this. So yeah, hopefully there'll, there'll be a, a lot less chat about this stuff. Elsewhere, WRU plan to oppose the plans to shorten the Six Nations. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think it's going to be a tough one, though. I mean, I, I don't think it's any secret that England, that England wear the bloody trousers when it comes to this. Well, they're all they're all for it as well, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And this has very much been driven. And by they England. would be because of the the player base they've they've got. Um, you know, the, 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 if they get um, if they get a few uh, a few injuries, they can pull on. Their resources are so much greater, aren't they? Mm. Um, it'd be nice of them potentially to think of, of other nations, smaller nations, and maybe maybe have a have a, a broader perspective. Well, and the the power that the Premiership clubs hold in England, 
and the less that that season is disrupted, yeah. the better for the, you know for those for those clubs. But there's other people involved, isn't there? There is. I mean, in an ideal scenario, I'd happy, I'd happily see it move to May. I'd have an international season as part of the global season. Yeah. That'd be magic again, probably in dreamland. Well, there's good people. There's a number of people advocating and pushing for that. Yeah, I'd, I'd happily, um, I'd happily see that. Be more burns on the horizon then, wouldn't there? <laughs> I don't think there would at any of the. I don't think you'd, you'd see that problem at any of the. No. Six Nations venues. Just make sure you get the hose pipes out, wet the grounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good call. Um, and I think part of that I also read is no to Wales hosting Friday night games or certainly being the sole host of a Friday night games, which we've spoken about before. Yeah, I don't like the Friday night games. Oh, I hate them. Yeah. Absolutely hate them. I'd love to see the back of them. Yeah, I, I would. Like I say, I'm happy if it's, you know, if it's Ireland, Scotland on a Friday night magic, but... When it's not your team, oh, it's, it's 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 nice to have a. But it's always Wales. It is. Has there, nice has there ever been a Friday night game without Wales? No, it hasn't. Is no. it? No, never. There's only been one outside of Wales, which was in France, but it was us against France. I used to love watching the um, the A games on a Friday yeah, evening. On the Friday yeah, evening, yeah, that yeah. was brilliant, wasn't it? It was a nice. You had the Friday, and then you had the Saturday. Yeah. You really get into it. Do you find the under twenties kind of fills that role now? It does. It does to a degree, but I. Not fully. I, there mm. was something. There was something about those. Uh, I also think though, that you just didn't well, have as much rugby in those days. So when we go back to mm. you know whenever that would have been sixteen, seventeen years ago, yeah, I didn't consider that. And you yeah. had the A games on. You thought, oh yeah, it's great to to have some televised and semi international rugby and, and a, a rugby kind of really meant something then, didn't it? It did, but it was it was great watching the you know up and coming players, wasn't it? Or players that were typically you had a, a really good number of club players. Mm. That you just really, I love that international. You really hoped could yeah. make the step up, um, and sometimes they didn't perform at that level, or they really did, but they still yeah. couldn't break into the. Just gave. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good, good bit of spice with the games as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I used to like touring games against the A's mm. as well. You know, I used to like it when a, you know, a, a South African side would take on Wales A. Yeah. and those kind of games. I mi- I miss the touring games actually. Yeah, I love that. You know, when obviously when the Ospreys beat Australia. That was that was excellent. Amazing stuff, you know. I'd love to see a, a, a bit more of that, but it's difficult, and you know the, the congestion on fixtures. Yeah. It's just but again, I suppose if you had a if you had a, an international season again, you could, probably have a midweek could do game, it, couldn't you? Yeah. You know, would the Ospreys be opposed to having a fixture against against South Africa while they're over as part of an international season? Isn't it? Maybe they yeah they probably factor in it as a, as a sort of a build up and. Opportunity for them to see different people as well. I think so, yeah. Again, gone off on a hell of a tangent there, but that's um, that pretty much brings kind of a, a bit of a um, a bit of an end to um, to kind of all the, the odds and sods of news. I suppose transfer news is where we normally finish. Only really been kind of one thing of note this week. That's Rob Evans signing for the Scarlets. Yeah, Scarlet. or resigning again. Yeah, Scarlets would be delighted with that, wasn't it? I oh, don't yeah. think there was any doubt that he was going to go. He was going to go anywhere else. Um, would have would have been a fair bit of interest, I would have said, from a number of other clubs, but he's Scarlet's through and through, isn't he? Yeah, he's a he's a terrific player. And I think he's, you know, he rewind a year and he wasn't able to wrestle that to make that Welsh shirt his own, and obviously Gethin kind of stole it back. He's had another chance. He, I think he's equipped himself really well for Wales, and that's been built on good form for the Scarlets. Yeah, what's impressed me the most is his. Uh, his performances at scrum time mm. because he was poor, wasn't he? He was yeah, probably I, at his own admission. He was. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? As he a, struggled as a young prop. You have yeah. to learn 
the dark arts and well you're going to struggle aren't you because you've never you've never been in that position have you but the way in which he sort of he's he's almost held his own or held his own in a number of the games and got the better actually mm. in a number of the games as well in a short period of time only a year yeah you think is, back to that game against Toulon, uh, yeah, Toulon he's, and he's, he's, that front row went really well is really impressive so you know imagine in another two years because we know you know what he, we know what he offers in the loose mm. Um, you know, then he won't be. A, he wouldn't be a fifty-fifty for the Lions. Then would he be a serious? No. no, I think you're right. So yeah, so, so yeah, that, that kind of Lions great player. That bit of Lions chat has brought us round full circle, as we say. If you um, if you want to have a listen to who we've selected for who would make our forwards, then that is in part one. Just also something to make you aware of: if you follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we are releasing our fifteen greatest ever. Or our, sorry, our greatest ever Welsh Lions fifteen. Yeah. So pick that starting at fullback, which we released today is JPR Williams, and we'll be going through all the positions to coincide on the last um, the last day, which coincides with the day Gats makes the, the squad announcement. So you know, JPR was still he was still playing rugby up until sort of late fifties for Tondi. Yeah, Tondi, yeah. yeah, yeah, still playing. Amazing, I, remember, yeah. I remember going down and watching. Playing blindside. Yeah, he played in the back row mm. um, for their thirds. I was watching a couple of games. He was still bloody committed <laughs> at that age. It's incredible, isn't it? Just someone who absolutely loved the game. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you look at what, uh, obviously before our time, but the legacy is absolutely massive. You know, an absolute fierce competitor. Always scoring, you know, always scoring tries for, for Wales and that put him into the put him into Lions contention or, you know, was just... Nailed on for that yeah. shirt, even in a time when you had some really talented fullbacks from other countries. Yeah. Where you think like Andy Irvin playing on the wing for the Lions? Oh, just yeah, that safety net of having him in the back, isn't he? And, uh, and hard, hard bastard as well. Come running in. There was a there was a good story, wasn't there? When he's playing for Bajend, um, I think it was against the All Blacks, and his his head popped out the side, mm. and he took that stamp. Yeah, really nasty Horrific. stamp in the face. Opened up the whole of his cheek. So much so he squirted the water out, didn't he? Just shot out of the side, mm. went back to be patched up, and it was his his dad in there, wasn't he? So there's no there's no way you can go back out there. Yeah. And he said, "I'm going back out." Didn't he? Patched him, stitched him back up, and out he went. I mean, cheapest. Yeah, made what of hard, uh, hard man. made of hard stuff. I came off with a broken finger, you know. That's right. Yeah. And I've been back on since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the the chances of you making that of making our Greatest ever Welsh Lions fifteen yeah. are probably fairly slim. Got, to be honest, got some way to go. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think you'd be lucky to to make the seconds for that. To be yeah. honest, but yeah, do uh, do give us a follow on Twitter at Attacking Scrum, uh, Facebook search for Attacking Scrum, and on Instagram if you search for Welsh Rugby Attacking Scrum, we're on there too, so you can keep up with um, with that side as we reveal it. And as always, at this point, finished by saying if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that'd be amazing. And uh, yeah, if you do so, we'll um, we'll give you a shout out. And uh, yeah, loads more to come next week when we have a look at the other backs. So thinking caps on. Sports Social Podcast Network.